0: Ephesians, please, chapter 6. Ephesians, chapter 6. Beginning to read at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Lord will bless the reading of his word. Let's pray again. Father, I'm aware of my inadequacies, and my inabilities. But your word tells me this morning, Lord, we have to be strong in you and in the power of your might. We are aware of your spirit and your anointing in this meeting this morning. We reverence you. We respect you. We honor you. And Lord, we need you. We desire you. Father, bless thy word unto our hearts and glorify thy name, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. If you will look at verse 11, please. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the whines of the devil. Paul is telling the Ephesian church and you and I this morning, he mentions the word stand. Notice here, stand against the wiles of the devil. Let your eye run down to verse 13. And having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore. And if you notice this, Paul is telling you this morning, take your stand. We're going to look not so much at the armor of God this morning, piece by piece, I have done this in depth at other times, but we want to look at simply the little title is called The Wiles of the Devil. Would you say the wiles of the devil? The word wiles there, as in the wiles of the devil, is the word methodia, methodia. It's where you and I get our English word methods or method from. And hence Paul is saying, you need the whole armor, the full armor of God that you may stand against the methods of the devil. The methods of the devil. Now, this morning, we're just going to do an introduction to it. I may do a second morning. I'll see how I get on, how the Spirit leads me this morning. But the word here, methodia, where we get method from, it means uh, deceit, uh, the, the entrapment of the devil, the cunning arts and trickery of the devil, and also it means the malignancy that's in the devil. The malignancy. That's a word that we hear, isn't it, whenever we think of cancer and things like that, it's malignant or benign. I want to let you know that Paul says that the the devil's ways for your life are not benign, but they're malignant. He's called the malignant one in other places of Scripture. That is when we uh, bring it into our English language. The malignancy of the devil, Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 and in verse 10, That the thief or the devil cometh not, here's his malignancy, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, if that was all we were left with, then you and I would be in big trouble. But he says, I am come. Glory to God. I am come. That you might have life, you might have it more abundantly. You know what the Lord Jesus is saying? He says, I'm greater than the devil. I am greater than all that he could throw at you. I am greater than all that he could do to you. I am greater than the devil. Paul tells us, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the methodia, the methods, the malignancy of his deceit and cunning arts and everything that he would try and trick you with. He says that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Of the devil. Notice, he says in verse 11, "Put on the whole armor of God." And then, when we look at verse 13, he rehearses it. He says, "Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God." Now, when the Scripture tells us, uh, Paul tells us this twice. Pardon me. When the when the Scripture tells us this twice, it, it is reaffirming what it said before. So, Paul doesn't want the Ephesians, nor you and I this morning, to miss this. Take unto you, he says, put on the whole armor of God then. Wherefore, take unto you. And the word wherefore is looking at the verse behind. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, everything that is happening in our world today of The world of wickedness and sinfulness and debauchery and all of the evils that has happened around the nations of our world. There's all high-ranking rulers of our world are all manipulated control. And may I even say it, they are all under the curse, the, the, the leading of spiritual wickedness in high places. They're being driven by other spirits. Paul tells us, he wherefore, he says in verse thirteen, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. The evil day personally to you can be when you can't really deal with things much more, and you have had one thing after another after another, and it's been attack after attack, or maybe illness after illness, and you feel low and down. Depressed about it, and all of these things, the devil attacks at you. Attacks at you. You see, we may get there this morning. We may not. But the devil attacks whenever you're at your weakest. The devil attacks when you're at your loneliness. When you're at your loneliness, in that place where you've been, you feel isolated. You feel shut off. That's where the devil attacks. That's why. And people think it's just to try and get people to church. That's why your pastors both say, the elders say, the leadership says, you must be at your meeting. You know why? You get strength for the week. Strength during the week. We had a great meeting on Wednesday night, you know, and the power of God was there, was mighty, and just his presence was beautiful, and it was just powerful. And that strengthened me. I needed it on Wednesday night myself. And sometimes when we're aloof from God and we're away from God, when we haven't been in the place with God that we once were or for a while, we have been sort of that one person who's been on the fringes. No prayer life, no reading of God's word, no digesting of the word. And and what happens is you're, you're susceptible to an attack from the devil. Peter says, be sober." Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, roameth about seeking whom he may devour. He's malignant, brothers and sisters. He's malignant. All of his little uh, minions of, of, of demons and his, his demonic forces are all malignant. They wish to do you harm and damage. And they wish to do you such damage you fall away from Christ. I guess then the roaring lion attacks. Brothers and sisters, you know what? Sheep are often uh, lost and end up dying and attacked by wild animals when they're far away from the shepherd. I'm not talking about me. This sheep. We need to get close to the shepherd. The shepherd. He guards and he guides, he fights and he protects. He's our shepherd. Take note of this. Paul says here, wherefore, because of the spiritual wickedness and this evil day that we can withstand it, withstand it. In other words, there's going to be a barrage of attack. Against our faith, against our heritage. It's going to be a barrage attack against you, brother, against you, sister, whether it's individually or whether it's universally. He says, You have to have on this armour, the armour that is given to us by the Lord Himself, because the devil wants to destroy your life. He wants to bring you away and to kill you, as it were, spiritually and yes, even physically mentally. He wants you. He wants you to feel like you can do nothing. He wants you to feel uh, that you are so isolated you might as well die there. He wants you to think that, that everyone is against you and no one is for you. He wants you to even feel whether am I saved or am I lost at this time. And that's what's wrong with many Christians. They feel that Many have backslidden and went into the world and feel they can't come back again. Would the Lord accept me? Does the Lord still love me? Brothers and sisters, he's your loving heavenly father. And of course, if you read about the prodigal son, the father was watching for him. And as soon as the prodigal son was coming up, as it were, the pathway, the father ran to meet him. Now listen. Listen. The pastor said it this morning around the table. Paul says, examine yourself. We're told to examine whether we be in the faith and and so on. But he says, examine yourself. Let a man, that is a, a man or a woman breaking bread, let them examine themselves. It doesn't say examine yourself and then you feel unworthy so you don't break bread. It says, I'm so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. In other words, you examine yourself. It's between you and God. And realize the cross, the blood of Christ was shed for you. Was shed that you could come. When all the others would say you shouldn't come, guess what? The man on the middle cross says you could. The man on the middle cross says you can. Paul is reiterating here's an evil day and no doubt we're living in an evil day. We need to withstand that which would come against you personally, as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, as the blood washed, and to be able to withstand all that society, people, all that anti Christ spirit that's going on and seems to be, I say, it seems to be prevailing. It's not prevailing, he's still on his throne. But you can stand in that evil day. This word here that Paul says, the whole armor of God. These are the only two places that is mentioned in this sense, the whole armor of God. Um, but if you were to turn with me, please, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. This is the third time this is the third time that it's mentioned only the words in our English are different. Luke chapter 11, and that's just beginning to read, please. Um, we're going to begin reading at verse 14. Let me tell you about this chapter. The Lord Jesus has taught his, people say the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the model prayer. It's how he gives us a, a, a print of what it would be like our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name how to pray he's teaching them to pray and then he comes and he tells us that uh, we shall ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find Knock and it shall be opened unto you that we are to keep praying and keep knocking and keep asking looking for God to answer our prayers but then he changes here in verse 14 it says here and it comes from him Teaching to pray. And I love the way the Holy Spirit just moves. It's like he just takes Jesus and plants you and I with him in another place. The scriptures are amazing. We would have to explain it. But the Holy Ghost has him that he's teaching to pray and he was doing this. And it's like something different altogether in a flash. Verse 14. And he was casting out a devil and it was dumb. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said, He casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought into desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself... How shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Notice this. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now take note. When a strong man armeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he gathereth not with me scattereth. Notice what the Lord is saying here. All his armor. Notice verse 22. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. So between verse 21 and 22, there's a strong man who's keeping his palace, but a stronger one comes and he takes all his armor. It's the same terms, the same word that's in Ephesians chapter 6 for the whole armor of God, all his armor. And what the master is saying here is this person who was uh, under the influence of a devil, a demonic spirit. This person here who was under the wiles, as it were, of the devil. And he's casting out the nurse saying, you're doing this by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils or Satan. You're doing it by his name. And Jesus says, listen, here's a strong man holding a person Here's a strong man who has laid hold on a soul. The soul of this poor man. And the devil is having his way with him. The devil is wanting, as we said, to steal, kill, and to destroy him. But Christ comes into the picture here. And Christ comes and meets him. This man had a Christ encounter. And listen to what he says. Yes, there's a strong man holding this man. And he is a devil. But when another one who's stronger than the strong man comes, guess what? The strong man no longer is the strong man. And he's saying, the strong one who is this demon is in this man, holding him captive, tormenting his soul. He says, but when I come along, he says, I'm stronger than he is. I'm stronger than the devil is. Now, here's the thing, brothers and sisters he says in verse 20, but if I with the finger of God cast out devils. In other words, he's saying with one finger, come out. Come out from him. He'll say, come out from her. Here's the thing, brothers and sisters. You're a Christian. If you're blood washed, you're not possessed of a devil. You may have been at one point. You may have been under his control and under his authority before you knew Christ. But I'm going to tell you now, if you're a believer, you're no longer under his authority. You know why? Because we have a stronger man than the devil. We have Christ himself. Jesus is saying here that this devil, which was holding this man captive and tormenting him, was too strong for the man. He says, but he's not too strong for me. Jesus was showing that he is the stronger. Jesus was saying that he is stronger than the devil. Now, brothers and sisters, listen, you cannot be possessed. I know there's a lot of stuff going about believers being possessed with the devil. See, if someone's possessed with the devil and they're a believer, then they're not a believer. When the Lord comes in, the devil goes out. There's nobody I could have said more had a devil than myself. But when the Lord came in, the devil went out. You can be oppressed. Oppressed is different. But then this is up to you and I to put on the, the whole armour. Notice Paul says the whole armour. And here the Lord says, he mentions. All the armor. Here's what Jesus is saying to those around him as he casts out the devil. It gives the idea that he takes the armor off this strong man and he sets it all out that people may see it. And he walks right into his camp. And it actually gives the idea of a man walking into the camp, taking off the the enemy's armor, sets it all on the ground, takes all his riches, his plunder, and his spoil. And he says to those with him, Here, Look what I have for you. The devil no longer has what you used to have. He says, I have taken it from you. We sing that wee song. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. And I like that. But really, I've got you to sing it and change it a few times. It's not that we went to the enemy's camp. He went to the enemy's camp. And he took back what the devil stole from us. He went to the enemy's camp. Jesus is saying, That he is plundering. And I say that present tense today. That he is plundering the kingdom of Satan. To populate the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying. There is more power in my finger. Than there is in all the powers of darkness. The finger of God just points and says out. You're done. You know. When Jesus went to the cross and he cried, it is finished. Our sins were paid in full. Isn't right? Our debts were paid. No more to pay. Nothing to add. But when Jesus went to the cross, he said to the old devil, I'll not do that to my people anymore. I have bought them that belong to me. Are you saved this morning? Are you Christ this morning? Would you shout, praise the Lord this morning. Lord. Worthy is the Lamb. Here we're, here. the Lord is saying, I have taken. Paul tells us this in the spirit. Now put on the armor. Not the devil's armor. The armor of God. The armor of God. There's six pieces mentioned. I spoke about this a, bit, a couple of weeks ago at a Bible study. There's six pieces mentioned, and we know them uh, quite well but here's one thing I told the people there's actually seven but people miss it if you go with me to Ephesians 6 please to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might the the five pieces of the armor are are this You ready? Verse thirteen Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all the stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, that is absolute truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There's six. Where's the seventh one? I told the people the other day, where is it? It's in verse 10 and it's invisible nearly because you don't see it under the armor. Notice verse 10. Finally, may it, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You may say, how is that? See the word be strong. Would you say strong? Strong. It's the word enduinamo. It means to be endued. To be clothed with. It means an empowerment. Be clothed with the Lord before you put on the armor. Be strong, be be clothed with his power before you put on the armor. That's the idea of it. And the thing is that someone going maybe out to battle, they had a dresser and they would have dressed them with an undergarment. They clothed their skin, they clothed their body with an undergarment. Then they put on all the armor and they're standing while they get the armor on. Yep, that fits and this fits. And the idea is that the seventh piece which people miss is the undergarment of the clothing, the endowment of the power of God. So when they come in, the dresser looks after them. Here's the thing, brothers and sisters, and I said it the other week, forgive me for repeating myself. The dresser knew the warrior. The warrior knew the dresser. And they worked together in this. They had a relationship. So here's the question. Do you have a relationship with your dresser? With Christ? Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm weak. Whoever feels weak, be honest. Whoever feels weak, nearly all of us and the rest are liars. (laughs) I'm putting two hands up. I gave Alison a sore head the other day because I moaned at her that much. We're looking for the Lord and I'm trying to seek him and I can't think even in my head. You know, all that sort of stuff. And your head's going like this and your heart's in your boots and you're trying to press on. We all get it, don't we? So the Lord gave me this word. Went in, sought the Lord until he started to dress me. Here's some. Try this on. Try it on. You know what? That fits you well. Father, I'm aware of you, of your spirit. I'm aware of your spirit and that clothed anointing. Yes, son, it's better on you like that because it fits you well. Now, I see, before you go out, go and read my word and put on your whole armor that I have given you. and sisters in our lives there's nothing that should be in our lives that must or should stay under Satan's dominion I'm going to say it louder so you can hear me don't anyone saying they didn't hear it I want you to hear it, I want you to believe it I want you to receive it and I want you to go out home in it There is nothing in our lives, the blood-washed believer, the blood-bought saint, the child of God, there is nothing in our lives that must stay or should stay under Satan's dominion because the strong man is on our side. Listen, see this book here, the Bible. Have you read it from cover to cover? I have. Well, more than once, but I have. And here's the thing. See at the very back of it, know what it tells me? I'm on the winning team. Yeah. I'm on the winning side. Listen, when I, was in, when I was in secondary school, which wasn't yesterday either, when I was in secondary school and I was in one of the top maths classes, I left school without any exams. Flunked everything. But come through school, I went into one of the top maths classes and because of the way we were, me and the mates, we just couldn't care less and we didn't. In fact, I left school before dummy my exams. But Mr. Anderson, hadn't no a hair in his head except for a wee bit round here. We used to call him Baldy Andy. And Mr. Anderson, give us our homework. And I remember we got these big books, all these miles and sums in them, you know. I remember going home going, I'm never going to be able to do half of this. And he give you so many pages you would to work, you had to go home and do. And, and so I get home and I'm going, oh no, here we go. And i never really done homework, you know, but I thought at this point I was trying. And I went and I looked and I thought, hmm, I think I know that. And I just started to flick through the book and lo and behold, what was at the back? <laughs> All the answers. <laughs> That's the truth. All the answers. So I went okay, there's the sum, there's the answer, there's the sum, there's the answer, there's a there, and there, and I'd done the whole lot, came into school, lifted up on Mr. Anderson's desk, and I went and I sat down thinking, great, I'm going to get an A for this one. <laughs> you know. So Mr. Anderson's given us other things to do, and he's reading and he's writing pages like this. Nice, and he does, all I hear is, Davidson. Yes, Mr. Anderson, come here, son front of the class brought me right up and I stood at his desk he says what's that I says that's my homework Mr. Anderson he says no I know it's your homework son but what is it I says well that's what you give me to do and there's them there's the question there's the sum and there's the answer there's the sum and there's the answer and he says listen son are you trying to be smart I says no you asked us to do it there's the answer he says do you think I don't know the answers are in the back of the book <laughs> I said well what do you just put them there for what he said to me. I've never forgot it. He said, son, it's not the sum and it's not the answer. It's the working out of it. It's the working out of it. And some people get stuck in the working out of it. And they think there's a shortcut from the problem, some away oh, way over here. I've got the answer. Sure, it was not easy. But God brings us through that there's a working out of it. There's a working out, brothers and sisters. And in this life with the Lord, there's a working out of it. Will you turn with me to 1 John 4? 1 John chapter 4, please. Verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we, ye the Spirit of God. Notice every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Can't you see that? But we're not going into that this morning. Look at this. Whereof ye have heard that it should come? And that even now already, that's in John's day. It is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome. What's the word? Oh, come on. That was pitiful. You're going to go into, going to go into God's kingdom going, I'm an overcomer. Come on, be victorious. You're triumphant in Christ. Come on. What's the word? Overcome. You're overcoming. You're an overcomer in Christ. Notice, you are of God, little children at hand, have overcome them. Why? Because. <laughs> I feel like Mr. Anderson here. But it's written up there. It's written up here, it is <laughs> Right, see when I get to that bit. (laughs) Ye are of God, and have overcome them because... Well done. (laughs) (laughs) You get an A star for that one. So greater is he. Jesus is in you by the power of the Spirit, isn't he? Through the Holy Ghost, he's living in the believer... And Jesus is the strong man who liberates men and women from what he thinks of. That is, the devil thinks of himself as a strong man. In other words, Jesus, he is greater than him. Jesus conquered him. Jesus crushed his head. And Jesus is telling us through the pen of John, greater, not the same. Not the same. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? When are you going to go home to now? You go out the door and you go, oh, well, you know, I heard that this morning. I, by the time you get home, you go, oh, Lord, I'm just, no. Come on. Come on. You're a child of God. Come on, you're a son and daughter of the king. You're a child of God. You're blood bought. You're blood washed. You belong to Christ. And he lives in you. It doesn't matter who you face. Listen, the devil can use people. The devil can use flesh and blood. In fact, it's probably the best way that he attacks you. And it comes at you when you're lonely, when you feel isolated. He comes at you whenever you feel, even as Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the devil came after 40 days of fasting. At his weakest point, physically. I visit people and they say, Paul, you know, I shouldn't feel like this, but I can even hardly pray at this moment in time. I'm so weak, and they are, and they're so sick, and they are. And you know what? They're right. We're all like that. That's why Paul tells us in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit in us groans with groanings that cannot be uttered. Sometimes, oh, Lord. Lord, Help. even know what to pray have you been there have you been maybe you're there have you been there Lord don't know how to get through this Lord I don't know what to do with this don't know how we're going to overcome this don't know where the victory is in this can't see the goodness Happy you're there. John is saying to us that this darkness that influences the world wants to influence you. Steal, to kill, to destroy. It's the ways of the devil. It's the methods of the devil. The mothoria the cunning arts and trickery of the devil, the malignancy of the old serpent. I'm going to close with this. Ephesians 6, please. So Paul tells us in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God mentions that there's a spiritual warfare. Brothers and sisters, you know, there's another world than this world that you see. There's a, another world of light and another world of darkness rather than just this world. But notice what he says. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. As I said, that's twice he mentioned it. Jesus talked about he went to the strong strongman, stripped him of all his armor. You know what this tells me? We have a great advantage. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. He's already a defeated foe, that old devil. His armour has been taken off him. And I have an armour I can put on. Yet I allow him to make me feel defeated. We allow him to make us feel defeated. Brothers and sisters, see this, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. I'll maybe do another. I'll pray about it, maybe do part two next week. I'll see how the Lord leads me. But wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. It gives the idea of, of a military snap. You know, like, attention! And the soldiers have to come to attention. <laughs> it gives the idea, Paul is saying, and the tense that that's said in, in the Greek text is, he says, now wherefore? Take unto you the whole armor of God and don't take it off. That's where it reads. Paul is saying, don't take it off. I've got through a battle, so I'll take off the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. Kick off the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, set down the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Throw over there the shield of faith. And you know what? Oh, that girdle or belt of truth, I'll take that off because... I'll just let that go Ah. note you're left with their undergarment and some people then take it off too and run about as it were naked and vulnerable before the devil (coughs) Paul was saying in that second tense like a military snap wherefore because of your enemy because of the devil but sure he's defeated yes but he's greater than your human frame but he's not greater than him put it on and keep it on Every day I'm saved. Every day I'm righteous in Christ. That's the breastplate of righteousness. And every day I put on the shoes. The gospel wherewith with Christ has saved me. And I can tell others everywhere. Go oh, how beautiful the feet of those that preach the gospel. Paul says. Not everybody's beautiful feet like. But if you're saved there you've spiritual so beautiful feet. of truth, come on the truth is that Christ died for me the truth is he paid my debt the truth is greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I'm endued with the power of God I'm endued by the Holy Spirit who lives in me that's what we should be saying as Christians brothers and sisters God bless us this morning God bless His Word to us. Tim, would you come up, please? No, we let the children, please. Let them know they can come up. Praise the Lord.